0: All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith. I am here alone in Las Vegas in my hotel room uh, just hanging out. I'm going to try a brief solo cast to give you a few updates on the stuff that has been going on here in Vegas. Uh, it's been a lot of fun as always. It's been real hot last night on Monday night it rained like crazy. I've never seen rain in Las Vegas. It was a violent, violent storm. Apparently it knocked out power in a lot of the off-strip casinos. That'll teach you guys to be budget conscious when you book your Vegas vacations. Only the finest resorts for me while I'm out here is the main strip. We, we kept power, but it was crazy. Again, never seen rain in Vegas at night. It definitely had a Blade Runner feel, at least a Blade Runner 2049 feel, with its giant neon lights and crushing loneliness. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I have been talking to a ton of people. One of my resolutions for next year is definitely bring more of a tiny portable device just to talk with people uh, in the stands, because so many of the conversations are really great. And I'm like, man, that would have been a a great podcast episode or just at dinner. like That would make a great podcast episode. Um, So I don't have a guest today. I'm going to get some guests in the next week, uh, probably a couple to go over a lot of the prospects that are out here. Uh, A lot of guys are living up to the hype. There aren't that many, like, super disappointments. Even, I feel like, a lot of buzz around Trey Young based on his terrible shooting in the Utah Summer League. But still, like, the guy can play. He looks good. I'm not really worried about it. The obvious comp Pre-draft, everyone says maybe he's the next Steph Curry, which is unfair. But then you go back and look at Steph Curry's summer league performances; and they weren't that great either. Like the guy, the guy compiles stats uh, in summer league just like he did in college basketball. So, I'm not too worried about it. Um, when I first got to Vegas, it was really fun. Uh, Chuck was here. So Chuck and I flew in on the same flight from Nashville. Uh, Chuck stayed for seven hours or so in Vegas. Uh, he knows himself, knows he cannot be around Vegas at night. And so uh, apparently his rule is he has to leave Vegas the same day he arrives. But he came to the gym. Uh, we met up with our uh, our rivals, podcast rivals, the Super Hoopers. Uh, Chuck was ready to fight because the Super Hoopers been talking a big game. But they, uh, they did not want... Any of Chuck. um, We had a nice meal with our boy, Damon Rangula. Uh, When we landed and I was calling the lift at the airport, the lift app said, Would you like to have a self driving lift while you're here? And I said, Absolutely, yes, I do. Uh, And so you couldn't call the self driving car, but apparently I made it where I could possibly get one. So I've been super excited. Um, apparently there's like a one in hundred chance that I could get a self-driving car. That seems amazing. I was talking with another one of my Lyft drivers. Uh, she seemed very upset with me wanting to ride in the self-driving car. She's like, haven't you seen the Terminator movies? Do you really want the robots driving you around? And I said, yes, I'm on vacation. I definitely want a robot driver. Uh, Then she was worried that maybe the robots would then find out the humans were useless and they would take over the world and rule us with an iron fist. Then I turned it around and said, well, how about the humans who are ruling us right now? She thought that was very profound and uh, perhaps reconsidered the robot... Overlords. Had another guy who I was asking him, uh, I think I'm, my Lyft drivers have been decreasing sanity as we've gone. So I had another guy who I asked him if it was like, if he was worried about self driving fleets or cars putting him out of business. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, I got an email from the head of Lyft, the CEO of Lyft sent us an email reassuring us that we were very important. Uh, and I was like, all right, so your, your CEO has personally contacted you to say, don't worry about it. He's like, yeah, 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 and uh, they're going to lower uh, the lease rates on our cars that we rent from Uber, and then I got really sad thinking about this guy who leased his car from Uber and drove for Uber. I don't think it's a good idea to lease your car uh, from your employer like that. But then last night's Uber driver uh, seemed very angry that I was there for basketball, he uh, bit outraged. He was kind of a ex-military, uh, reeked of cigarette, long ponytail, goatee. He showed me lots of blurry celebrity photos on his phone after we talked for a while and kind of an uncomfortable, uh, aggressive conversation. Uh, he was like, I also work in the movies. Uh, and he showed me a blurry photo of Michael Douglas and himself. And then he showed me a... Uh, a photo that was sideways of Gordon Ramsay and himself. And he was like, uh, you know, pulling his fingers apart to make the picture bigger. Very blurry photo. And he kept saying, Do you see it? Do you see Gordon Ramsay? And I didn't, but I kept saying, Yeah, 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 I see it. Uh, he also asked, He was like, Is that guy, is that guy Le- Bryant, LeBron Bryant? Is he there? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's not here right now. He's not playing. Uh, he said, well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are really angry. That MFR gets paid so much money. Uh, and I was like, well, he generates a lot of money. Uh, he's actually underpaid. Would you, uh, prefer the owners get it? No, but I mean, they're playing a sport. It's ridiculous. You know, some people are really effing angry. that The guys playing a sport are getting that money. And I was like, well, it is an entertainment industry. He's making lots of money. Who should get paid? He's like, oh, I'm not angry. Just other people are really effing angry. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, as long as it's not you. Um, so the conversation went on. Uh, it, it, vaguely uncomfortable for a while um, when I got out. He's the first Lyft driver. I didn't give a five-star two on this trip. I gave him a four-star. They asked what he could do better. I just said, eh, conversation. It got a little, it got a little testy. Um, Well, in the gym, it is super fun. I've said it many times. It's just exciting to watch all of just NBA personnel just walking around all the time. Like you step out, you see somebody, you're like, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. And -and And, uh, it's just all the coaches, all the front office people, all the ex-players who are now assistant coaches are there. There's some other just random players like, oh, hey, there's – there's James Jones or oh there's whoever just it's it's everybody. Um, it's a lot of fun. There's also a lot of trying to figure out who the really tall people walking around are. Uh, I hung out. I've been sitting with a lot of other bloggers and podcasters. Uh, we sit over kind of near the media. It's like a reject media area for those of us who don't have credentials. Um, sitting around and talking, it was really funny. The news of the Kings offering Zach Levine that large offer sheet. Everyone was just uh, kind of in a buzz talking about that. Uh, I, I And everyone was saying, like, the Bulls should not match. The Bulls should not match. I was like, you're crazy. The Bulls are definitely going to match. Like, why would why? – I honestly don't understand why they wouldn't match. It's an overpay, but – Restricted free agency is so screwed up that it's kind of like you are forced to overpay just to keep your guys, even guys like Zach Levine, who, you know, he might be good. And I guess you have to pay that premium to see if your guy keeps getting better and stays healthy. Uh, You can't just like let those guys walk generally. Um, So I was trying to get someone to take. I was like, I will bet one person five dollars that the Bulls absolutely match. Uh, And hilariously, the Bulls matched Within, I think it was under two hours, uh, which I think it seems like that is the fastest restricted free agency match in NBA history. I don't know how to look that up, but uh, I can't even imagine they read the entire offer sheet uh, in that amount of time. But it was really funny. And again, I think I broke that news to all the NBA people because everyone has their Woj alerts on. But somehow mine came through like a split second earlier Because I was and I happened to be looking at my phone and I just screamed in a very quiet Thomas and Max Center Bulls match and like all the writers turned around and then everyone pulls their laptops out and starts going to work. Uh, it, It was really funny. Also, if you've ever seen, you know, a movie where I don't know. Or a West Wing episode, they're in the Situation Room, or then the, rep- the reporters are all sitting around, or everyone's a-, a disaster movie where everyone's at a ball game or something, and then everyone's phones start going off. That is what it is. Hanging out with NBA bloggers and writers, everyone's phone starts going like the little. Android and iPhone chirps and that's because Woj has tweeted something and then everyone grabs their phone and it's always it's definitely a, it's a pretty funny experience. It's a fun communal experience to get, I guess, uh, this large collection of extremely nerdy people in this very nerdy gym uh, watching basketball. Um, but so that was fun. Bulls match again. I, I don't know how you can get super upset about it. it. It is a little bit steep, but it seems like you just got to keep your guys. However, The San Antonio Spurs did not think they need to uh, keep their guys. Obviously, uh, big news for me as a Grizzlies fan and and NBA news, uh, Kyle Anderson signing a four-year, $37 million offer sheet with the Memphis Grizzlies, the full MLE, and then the Spurs deciding not to match. I keep getting asked, obviously, like, Keith, what, what do you think about the Kyle Anderson signing? When I first heard of the offer sheet, my, I don't know, nonplussed? Or is that, I just don't, I I wasn't, exci- I wasn't excited. I wasn't upset. I was like, eh, I, I just don't know, man. That seems kind of rough. Um, and then we had two days to process it. And my thought was, it seems like the Spurs would definitely match. Um, and so I guess the different layers of thought that I have about it. It seems really good for the Grizzlies to get a forward or a wing. They don't have forwards and wings. They had an embarrassing rotation of these guys like you look at Dylan Brooks who's an okay NBA player but he's an undersized 3 and then you maybe then that's it. It's like Wayne Selden at the 2 like that, that doesn't really work uh I don't think Ben Maccabear is going to play this year Marshawn Brooks isn't you know off the bench gunner who I don't believe in at all so they, they needed to get you know a wing Andrew Harrison like you know I assume he could start at two guard a year and I actually I'm a big fan of Andrew Harrison uh, um I think he's crazy underrated. I think his progression from year one to year two has shown me enough where I'm excited about what he's going to go into year three. Oh, and also speaking of Andrew Harrison, uh, he's out here at Vegas at the Games. His brother Aaron is playing... um, can't remember who for right now. I think maybe the Wizards. He He's playing. I do like that Andrew and Aaron now have different enough body types that they're easily discernible. But Andrew was watching the game really close to me, uh, and I went up to him. I'm like, hey, Andrew, I, r- I run a Twitter account for Grizzlies fans in Nashville. Can I get a photo of you just waving or smiling or something? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he just looks straight at me, completely deadpan, no smile. I was like, all right. Thanks, buddy. Uh, So for me, that makes him super cool. Big fan. Uh, I liked him. But again, like he might be the starting two guard once again. Uh, So, you know, or opening night. I think he started the last two opening nights. But so they have a huge hole on the wing. So now you're able to pick up a starter in restricted free agency in this free agency period for a team that was over the cap that didn't have any other ways to improve their roster. So from that angle, that seems really good for the Grizzlies. And then people are pointing to his high steal rate. Uh, People were saying, like, he was top 20 in steal rate last year. The Grizzlies had no one in the top 20. I'm like, well, yeah, they got rid of Tony Allen. But so he's good at defense, sort of. Like, I don't know how he's going to fit that well. He isn't a fantastic. I think he's slightly overrated as a defender, Again, I'm not an expert on him. I haven't watched a crazy amount of Spurs like the last year or two. But, like, he's he's a tweener. You know, he can't really guard fours that well. I guess he kind of can, but he's not that fast, as everyone knows. His main strength is is creative creating offensively with that big position, the big size he has, um, being a ball handler, and a good passer. He can't space the floor. He doesn't shoot. He's a very hesitant three-point shooter he shoots incredibly slowly i don't think he's going to provide the gravity needed and if they're talking about playing mark and jaron jackson jr at the five and the four or even Jamichael green at the four and then him at the three and then having a not proven shooter at the two because i don't see a proven shooter on the grizzlies roster and then you pray mike conley's healthy i'm really really worried about the spacing Yes, Marcus Gasol can space the floor, and last year he spent almost the entire season not in the paint. I kind of hoped we would see him more in the paint, because it does seem like JB Bickerstaff has acknowledged he doesn't need to chase that pace and space style that Fizdale was going for that ended up with the Grizzlies having the worst field goal percentage in the NBA a couple years ago. I think he is going to play a little slower, play to their strengths, but Obviously, Kyle Anderson makes him slower, but I don't think the spacing is going to be there at all. I do feel like there's this like buzz, though, again, among the analytics community. I know Jacob Goldstein from Nylon Calculus uh, said there's like a 99% chance that Kyle Anderson provides the value of the contract he signs. He thinks that his, his actual value as far as space in the salary cap is – you know, going to be, he's going to exceed that value. And again, in the NBA, in a salary cap league, you're always looking at guys who can outplay their contracts. And that's one of the reasons the Grizzlies probably aren't going to be good for a while, is because, best case scenario, like, Chandler Parsons is never outplaying his contract. Mike and Mark, even when they sign them as full max players, you hope they can live up to that contract. And even as good as they are, they're not going to outplay a max contract where a Durant, uh, a Curry, you know, a a, a LeBron James, those guys even outplay their max contracts. Oh, by, by the way, back to the Lyft drivers. Speaking of Mike Conley, I had one Lyft driver who I was wearing my How's It Goink shirt, which is Warriors colors, and this guy was a big NBA fan. He was a Lakers fan, and he um, he was like, "Do you go to a lot of home games?" I was like, What I was like, what do you mean?" He's like, "Like he's a Warriors." I was like, "Oh no, no." I was like, "This isn't this isn't actually a Warriors shirt. It's Warriors colors." Yes, I said, "I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a Grizzlies fan." He thought that was hilarious never met a grizzlies fan in his life. He he kept he was like he was howling. He was like Grizzlies. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Uh and he said, "Let me let me ask you a question. Mike Conley, is he good?" Uh and I was like, eh, it's, "It's a great question. He is really good." I was I was emphasizing the last time we saw him in the against the Spurs in 2016, he was playing like you know, almost an all NBA player. He, he was uh, he was fantastic in that series. He was going toe to toe with Kawhi Leonard. I was like, he he was providing the value of you saw like Dame Lillard, who made first team All NBA last year. Like, I was like, he was that good. So we've seen that. So yes, my take on Mike Conley is always he was underrated. Then everyone said he was underrated. Then he got properly rated. Then maybe slightly overrated, and then it like settled back down. And I think I think he's properly rated again. But so that that was fun. But. Looking at the Grizzlies as a whole and at this team building and adding Kyle Anderson, I think about that 2016 Spurs series as being like something that really confuses, I think, the way we feel, fans feel about the Grizzlies. And I think maybe about how the front office views the Grizzlies. If the Grizzlies had been dominated by the Spurs in that series, I think you would look at the last three years as being abysmal for the Memphis Grizzlies. They, I think it was 43 wins and then 44 wins. And then last year, you know, the tanking, uh, the, the 20 wins. So if you look at that, this team hasn't won 45 games uh, in four years. I think the team would be way more honest with itself. But. We have those memories of just having Mike and Mark on the court playing great. This team went toe to toe with the Spurs, like they won games three and four. They were a really tight game game six against a very very good Spurs team. So it it gives us the hope, and it's so it's confusing as a Grizzlies fan to look past the last three years, be like. How good are we? How 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 bad are we? How close are we to being competitive? How close are we if we actually are healthy to being a playoff team? Even last year, I think starting five and two and beating the Rockets and the Warriors and being seven and four when Mike Conley played, I think that was more of an aberration. But these are the confusing things as Grizzlies fans where it's like, are we actually good? Do we actually have a chance at being pretty good? And again, like the buzz of, the, of like the analytics community, people being like, all right, you know, like Kyle Anderson, Adds a lot of value. Like he increases again. Jacob Goldstein again says like uh, it increases the Grizzlies. He had them going from 33 wins to 38 wins, so almost a five win improvement with Kyle Anderson, which is a massive improvement. By the way, that's the same number of wins that uh, his model had the Bucks going to uh, with the Brooke Lopez signing. I do th- I do like the Brooke Lopez signing for for the Bucks, but it seems like it's going to fit. I-, I just worry. I don't know if those numbers are are going to translate to the Grizzlies, uh, the big worry is why wouldn't the Spurs match the offer? That is the biggest red flag for me. If the Spurs look at this and say, we have a 24-year-old wing who plays starter minutes for us, and he's being signed to a very reasonable, a very movable $9 million or so a year offer for the next four years, and they're like, meh, that's good. Grizzlies, you can have them. That's a huge red flag. And I, I know it's hard to figure out what's going on with the San Antonio Spurs right now, but that, that really bugs me. Uh, like, and they say, all right, you know, Davis Bertans, is he half of Kyle Anderson? I guess so. We will sign Davis Bertans to four years, 20 million, but, you know, four years, 37, that's that's just too much. Um, so I think it's wild. I can uh, I, I can't understand why they would let him go. So I guess my overall take is... I'm happy the Grizzlies got a starter, uh, but I'm not super fired up about it. I'm definitely doing a wait and see. Uh, there's so much optimism around Jaron Jackson Jr., which, again, I'll, I'll talk about more uh, in a future episode, uh, the full episode with John and Chuck, and then talking to some of uh, people who are more experts on young players and the draft process and these prospects uh, when I wrap up like the whole summer league. but So there's the optimism around that. And getting a starter seems great. I worry about the fit. I worry about his numbers dropping off, like the Memphis Grizzlies effect. The most, I guess, the biggest historical parallel to me, this feels kind of like, and again, this was so long ago, I don't, probably not accurately remembering my memories. This feels like when Jerry West used the full MLE to sign Brian Cardinal which was a similar big signing one of the biggest signings in the history of the Grizzlies. Back then Brian Cardinal had incredible uh, true shooting numbers. He hit a great uh, like a crazy number of threes as as a forward back then when no big forwards were shooting. He had I assume great on-off stats. Oh, by the way, David Aldridge when the Grizzlies signed the offer sheet or offered the sheet to Kyle Anderson, he said the Grizzlies love Anderson's real plus minus, and that made me feel ill. That is, I mean, I guess that's why, like, us basketball nerds like players, but I don't like hearing it said that the main thing they liked was real plus minus, which there's so much noise with those numbers that, again, I'm worried it won't translate. But it reminds me of Brian Cardinal, who years ago had also similar, similarly, like, the same buzz, like, This guy is real underrated. Like the numbers say he's really great. He's going to fit right in. And like Brian Cardinal is not, he was not a game-changing player. He was not a good use of those resources. Uh, There is the uh, apocryphal tale. I don't know if it's true about Michael Heisley, the old Grizzlies owner, coming into Jerry West's office and saying, hey, have you signed anybody yet? Or why haven't you signed anybody yet? And apparently Jerry West picked up the phone, called Brian Cardinal's agent, offered him the full five-year full MLE and says, there, you happy? So, Kyle Anderson, welcome to the Grizzlies. I, I do think he's going to be fun. I guess uh, some optimism of, again, I thought the Grizzlies were going to be terrible. Now I think, that eh, we might have a transformational young talent in Jaron Jackson Jr., and we at least have someone who can start, who does not stink uh, to play alongside him. We at least have a wing. We have someone between... 6'5 and 6'10 on the roster, which was my only hope for the Grizzlies this offseason. I think I said that on Twitter. My free agency goals are to sit around and do nothing and see what happens. So they didn't do that. They went out and got someone with an offer sheet, but I said they have to sign somebody who is a wing, who has some size. Because right now it's like Dylan Brooks, Andrew Harrison, who are both about 6'5, 6'6 and Dylan Brooks, again, short arms. And then the next one is like Jarrell Martin, who might be 6'9", but, you know, there, there's no, there was no real wing. So now the Grizzlies have some wings. Um, they have to get rid of some players. I assume Ben McLemore is going to get cut. If not him, Jarrell Martin, or maybe they might try to trade Deontay Davis, who honestly has looked pretty good at SummerLink, even though, again, his body language is always the worst. Uh, but I actually think he looks all right, but I, I don't care if he leaves. He's completely fungible. Just get another big uh, it, it doesn't matter. There's always a big available, I think, at his skill level. So, again, cautiously optimistic, very concerned the Spurs didn't match. Um, another free agency news to wrap up. I guess the last thing, uh, the news is the Rockets um, not bringing back Trevor Ariza going to the Suns. That's that's really funny. And then they assumed Luke Mbamute, that they, they had to... They didn't let sign him as he goes back to the Clippers. And everyone's making the joke that, you know, all right, the new owner, uh, he's he's not willing to spend to keep this team together. Uh, my buddy Joey, who I met uh, in Vegas, Joey from the Round Ball Rock podcast uh, was saying, back when he, wor- he worked at the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, which the Rockets owner, uh, Nelson uh, Fertitta, I think, uh, he-, he bought the Bub- Bubba Gump Shrimp Company and then made the employees pay money to use their employee discounts. So this guy was pinching every penny, you know, which, again, that's how billionaires get to be billionaires. But uh, if he's charging his employees a fee to use their employee discount, the thought was, yes, he's not going to willfully give away money to keep the roster together. So that is one school of thought. Daryl Morey kind of countered with that they want to get contracts of guys who can outperform their contracts. Like I was talking earlier, in a salary cap league, finding players who outperform their contracts is so important. And you have the Rockets who were in a tough spot where if not for a Chris Paul injury, very likely could have been NBA champions. Like they were right there with the Warriors. And so you look at Mute, who struggled with a shoulder injury all year. You look at Trevor Ariza, who is pretty old, even though those guys are always cited as being kind of the linchpin to how good the Rockets were on defense with their switchability. And so the Rockets have to look at, do we keep spending money to keep these guys together and hope they are just as good, or do we move on and try to get people who can outperform their future contracts? So I'm not going to totally crush this by the Rockets because I kind of understand it. It's one of those moves where I feel like we all think they need to keep their guys together and pay what it takes, but then they just end up with like these huge contracts. They already have Ryan Anderson they kind of need to get rid of. Eric Gordon, he's played fine for the next couple years, but I kind of respect it. And again, it's unlikely they're going to beat the Warriors. Yes, a lot of people who hate the Warriors, they put all their hopes in the Rockets to be able to do something. But again, I'm not going to kill him yet. I, it's nuanced. I, I can't take a hard angle either way. I will make fun of Nelson Fertitta for being a uh, a capitalist pig, you know, trampling on the common man, uh, squeezing blood from a stone and and not paying. I will do that, but honestly, you know, it's, it's too hard to say. Like, I, I kind of trust... Daryl Morey at this point, maybe that is just a spin. Maybe that's Morey giving his spin for an owner who's like, listen, I spent 80% of my net worth on this team. I cannot pay $100 million in luxury tax. I literally don't have the money. Although the NBA did uh, announce they're extending lines of credit that are even bigger, which, again, I don't honestly know what that means. But that's some news. All right, well, so I'm going to get to the games. The World Cup is about to start here. I want to go watch the World Cup somewhere. And then I gotta get to the gym for my last day of uh, gambling. I mean, watching basketball. So far, I've been uh, been pretty good, pretty good on my gambling on summer league. Only a couple, only a couple of uh, immediate regrets when I found out when the wh- which players were out. But that's only because I haven't taken the uh, the plunge of actually getting the sportsbook app on my phone so I can try to hedge some bets but uh, so far so good I think I'm, I think I'm 10 and five on, on on my summer league bets, which again it's pure hubris. I don't I feel like I have a reason that I pick these teams and it seems like it's working out so I feel confident but I also know it's uh, it's it's completely luck so uh, so pray for me. I will uh, place my final round of bets today for the final. I think there's six games today, and that should be fun. All right, if you want some more updates, I'm dropping some stuff into our Patreon-only Slack, uh, which you can get access to for $3 a month at patreon.com slash breakfast. You also get access to exclusive bonus content. I think uh, finally the edited, the somewhat edited Chuck's Fear and Loathing in Bonnaroo, uh, very not safe for work. Um, audio diary is going up As long as Chuck gives his final stamp of approval uh, We'll put that up there Again, if you don't want to It's it's more of the filth We have the filth channel in our Patreon slack If you're not interested, don't check it out But uh, I think we're going to throw that up there uh, And also we'll have it, more bonus content uh, Going up there Again, patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast uh, If you want more updates from me from Summer League I've been tweeting a lot at fastbreakbreak Break. You can also like us on Facebook Alright, you guys are the best Thanks for listening and remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being TNG. Fab break break, man. You understand?